You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. On today's episode, we are going to dive into a topic that I talk a lot about with women that are my age mm-hmm. um, and even younger, honestly. It's what happens and is her time helpful for you if you have had a hysterectomy, which then puts you into like surgery-induced menopause. Um, And I can't wait to dive into, obviously the answer is yes, but I'm going to go into so much more because no matter what age you are when you go into menopause, it can be super frustrating because you're dealing with all kinds of hormones that are changing and it just makes your whole body just feel totally off. But there's some solutions. And that's what I always love to share with you girls is I want you guys to have some power in your hands to know like it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It doesn't have to be a terrible time of life. It is actually something that we can thrive through with the right tools. But before we do that, let's go ahead and jump into our favorite segment, Mixers Girls Say. Today on our Mixers Girls Say, we're going to read through some incredible customer testimonials all about her time. Great. So first, London W, my period became so irregular. I hadn't had one in months. I was so close to getting blood work until my aunt recommended mixers to balance me out. I was regular after one month of using her time daily. Sold for life. I will be a customer forever. Thank you, mixers. That's amazing. London. Yes. That is amazing. Stephanie H. Her time is a must. I really cannot say enough about this product made by brilliant women who (laughs) want to help women. Oh, yes, we do. Cody's the brilliant woman that made her time. I am 50, so cramping is not an issue. However, my mood swings are, and this product levels your mood out so much, and it makes me so much more consistent and not erratic. The taste is amazing. I have tried almost all the different flavors, and they've all been absolutely great. Look forward to them every day. Yay. Love that. That's a good review. We That's love awesome. the flavors of her time too. We've worked hard we work for her. Hard. It's good. not an easy product to make taste yeah. good, but yeah, we do love our flavors. We love that you're loving them too. Cami E. I purchased her time, her power, and her greens. I mix them all in my 40-ounce Stanley every morning and sip on it throughout my entire day. I have loved it. I just feel good each and every day. It has helped me with my caffeine craving every day. And I wouldn't, and now I don't crave my Pepsi and I don't need one or oh, I don't need one or more Pepsi a day. And I immensely enjoy my mixers products. Yay. Love it. You know, honestly, if that and that alone was the benefit of drinking mixers products, yep. like to help you Water. kind of have a better, healthier, you know, solution or drink option mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, right there, that's yep. going to help change your health. But the fact that you're also getting the added nutritional benefits, benefits. Of, yeah, yeah, all of that, that's even better. Yep. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. All right, let's get started with another fun episode where we go into some things that 
so many of you have been writing in and asking about. And personally, I have so many friends that have gone through, maybe whether it's a hysterectomy, whether it's something that has caused them to go into early menopause. So we're going to talk all about that because no matter what your age, menopause can be so frustrating. It's Your hormones are changing and it can cause your whole body to just feel off. So we all know we've heard the symptoms, hot flashes and mood swings. I don't know if you remember your mom going through menopause and you know all of these times that you're like, man, she's going crazy. Um, but things like also like trouble sleeping and these are just a few of the many, many, many symptoms of menopause. Most women, they'll begin menopause around the age of 50. That's not a hard number. That's just the average age. Some people, some women don't go into menopause until their mid-50s. Some go into menopause in their early 40s. It just totally depends on the person. Um, but sometimes women undergo certain surgeries that can jumpstart this biological process years early, and they really kind of skip over that perimenopause transition. So I'm going to say just right off that personally, because I know you guys are going to ask, I typically, I don't recommend surgeries like oophorectomies, which are, that's a surgery where you remove the ovaries, or hysterectomies, which is when you remove the uterus. Um, and sometimes that can also include an oophorectomy too. So you might have a hysterectomy, they call it a full hysterectomy, where the uterus is removed as well as the ovaries. There's also um, procedures called an ablation, and that's basically a therapy that goes in and destroys all the abnormal tissue, but also the inner tissue of your uterus. Um, I just don't recommend these things unless it's absolutely necessary. And the reason I say that is because I've told you my story. I've told you how, you know, when mixers, when we started, when I started creating her time, I told you how I had, you know, I hit 40 and all of a sudden my periods were so heavy and so debilitating. And I, I went out seeking help. Um, and the doctors that I met with, they, they were like, well, you're in your 40s now. You should consider, you know, you're done having kids. You should consider having a hysterectomy. That was the first thing that was offered to me. Um, and when I wasn't willing to go down that road, ablation was one and also um, birth control. Um, and I just, I'm not anti these things. I just don't like that it's the first thing that gets offered to women when there are so many things that we can do to help. So unless it's absolutely necessary, I think this isn't the answer for many, many of you girls. Um, but in cases, you know, there's um, there's those of you who have had cancer or you have um, genetic diseases, or maybe you've inherited genes like BRCA1 and BRCA2, and those can put you at high risk for developing cancer. Or there's maybe some other factor, um, and it may be necessary for your health to have a hysterectomy or to do something like this. And that's fine. I'm not shaming anybody. I just want there to be information out there. I just want there to be more information, more options, and more um, knowledge about what long-term health consequences can come and maybe you know what the benefits are of actually keeping your um, female reproductive organs. There's, It's important for us, you know, obviously they're there for a reason, but I get it. I get it. I was so tempted, you know, I was like, yeah, rip these babies out because <laughs> I can't even leave my house sometimes because I was bleeding so much. And so I get it. I totally get it. Um, you know, there's surgeries too, or even like chemotherapy or radiation um, where, you know, or even ovarian insufficiency and these kinds of things can definitely jumpstart menopause. And sometimes the sudden change can be really scary and it can be 
I would say devastating. I think that's a word that I hear a lot from a lot of my friends because it affects how you're feeling every single day. So if you make the choice to have surgery, just know that that, you know, that could begin menopause very suddenly, and it can be really easy to feel very much not like yourself. Um, while it may seem overwhelming, I just also want you girls to know that you're not alone if you're suffering from surgery-induced menopause, and you don't have to suffer in silence at all. We're, we're not about that. That's why we have these conversations. That's why we're getting together. We're chatting about this stuff. We're going to talk about all of the options. That's what this episode is going to be all about. Um, I want to help those of you who have had surgery-induced menopause or are considering you know, this type of route. I want you to know that you all deserve to feel your happiest, healthiest, and most balanced self. I'm here to help you just adjust to your new normal. I also want you to learn um, what you need to know about menopause and also about how to care for your body in the way it deserves. Okay, so let's let's start. I love giving tips. You know that. That's what I'm all about, and that's what you're here for, right? Um, so let's give you tips on how to support your new hormone normal because it's kind of a new world, right? Menopause is typically a biological process that happens naturally as your menstrual cycle stops. Um, usually, it's after one year of having a period. So if you, you know, as we're in perimenopause, sometimes we can have erratic periods. We might skip a month or two, and that's normal. But it's not considered menopause until you have gone a full year without a bleed. Okay, so. The process for most women happens around their 40s or 50s, like I mentioned, but surgery, you know, your surgery caused the process to maybe happen suddenly rather than with that gradual transition that happens for um, most of us. Um, so during menopause, your body makes less of the hormones estrogen and progesterone, and then you no longer have periods, like we just said. To adjust to this big change, though, you need to support your new hormone normal, and this means making mindful adjustments to support your body where you are right here, right now. Um, and there's just a few simple changes that you can do that you can make um, to help make this adjustment smoother and easier because you girls, you deserve to feel your best. You know that's what my whole goal is, doing this podcast, creating the products for mixers. I just want us to feel our best, right? So that we can go out and do our best. You know, I say it over and over again. I'm a broken record, but it's really a passion of mine. Okay, so I get a lot of questions like, do I need hormone replacement therapy? If I've gone through these kind of procedures, is that something that's absolutely a must, I must have? Okay, let's talk about it a little bit. When you experience a sudden change in hormones due to surgery, um, it may seem really natural to try to balance your levels with hormone replacement therapy. But if you're optimizing your hormones effectively, doing some of the things I'm going to talk about today, in most cases, hormone replacement therapy won't even be necessary. Um, Hormone replacement therapy may benefit women, though, who are at high risk for certain conditions like dementia or heart disease um, or osteoporosis or even stroke, okay? So if your doctor is saying you're on that road, then sometimes using a little bit of hormone replacement therapy, and I always like bioidentical um, best, then that might be a right the right thing for you. But I don't want you girls to think that um, you have to because- Many women are able to support their bodies and help ease in this ease through this uh, sudden change with natural solutions too. So there's hope for that. Giving your body proper adrenal support, so your adrenal glands, right, and eliminating inflammation and eating a well-rounded diet and taking proper supplements. These are all just a few uh, small steps that you can take to help balance your hormones naturally. So we're going to talk more about it. 
Let's talk about that um, first. Let's talk about the importance of adrenal support, uh, supporting our adrenal glands. As you go through menopause, your adrenal glands, which are the little tiny glands that are sitting on top of your kidneys, and they actually have a big job. What they do is they produce a hormone that can be converted into estradiol, which is a form of estrogen. Um, And they do this as your ovaries are out of commission. It's like your ovaries are now no longer working. The adrenal glands actually can take over the job. So they have a bigger job and sometimes they can get overworked. And we'll talk more about that. But some health practitioners tout the idea of adrenal fatigue. You know, you've heard that term. It gets kind of thrown out there a lot. Um, And what they're saying when they say you have adrenal fatigue is that your adrenal glands are functioning below optimal levels. But adrenal fatigue is often just kind of this umbrella diagnosis that doctors give people who are really just suffering from chronic fatigue with hormone imbalance. Does that make sense? It's not really, when we say it's adrenal fatigue, it's not just necessarily that these adrenal glands are not functioning. It's, yeah, they're, they're, they have a big role, but it's more that you're dealing with chronic fatigue because maybe the adrenals are working a lot and maybe there's other things going on in the body too. And then also this could be also because of hormone imbalance. So, so yeah, so there's that, but, um, it doesn't get to the root cause. And you know, that's what I'm all about. I want us to really understand what is going on. So when you go through this sudden change of surgery induced menopause, it's really important to give your adrenal glands the support they need so that you can then avoid the symptoms that come with chronic fatigue and that cortisol. You know, that's one of the main hormone imbalances um, that is associated with adrenal fatigue is cortisol imbalance because cortisol, we talk about it so much, but it's our stress hormone and it plays a big part in this. So some great ways to give your body adrenal support are things like reducing your caffeine intake. So reducing that coffee, you know, intake and also reducing your sugar intake. Be very mindful of the amount of sugar. I mean, sugar is in everything, right? So start reading labels, start looking at grams of sugar. There's different forms of sugar too. Um, with Mixers products, we use we have, we have use stevia as our sweetener and it doesn't have a negative effect on your adrenal health or your hormonal health or anything like that. So that's why we have chosen to um, use stevia. The only product that we have that uses just a teeny, like less than a gram of um, sugar is our Her Nightly and it just has less than a gram of all natural cane sugar. So, um, so there's that, but most of our products are are with stevia. The other thing that you can do to help give your adrenal your adrenals a little more support is to supplement with a couple of amazing um, nutrients, okay, or ingredients. Ashwagandha, okay, ashwagandha is an adaptogenic herb that is really magical. It really does a lot. We have it in our her nightly formula um, because it is it's it is so good for our stress system. And it's very nourishing to our body, and it helps our body to be able to manage the, you know, and can and kind of diminish the negative effects of stress. And it helps to help, you know, support balanced hormones in and of itself. It's just an amazing um, herb that's very powerful and becoming more popular. And it's something that we like to use at mixers. The other one is rhodiola. Um, that's not an ingredient right now that we are using in any of our products, but it's something that I like to let you know about. That's something that can be very helpful for your adrenal glands. The other thing that's very important is to make sure that you're getting in enough omega-3s, okay? Omega-3 fatty acids. So whether you're supplementing or you're eating um, omega-3s from like 
fatty fish and, you know, other things like that, then that's so, your adrenals just love it. They thrive, you know, and they need it. And your brain does too. Um, our whole body, our whole body needs more omega-3s and less omega-6s. Um, okay. Also things like, you know, as far as lifestyle goes, practicing self-awareness and mindfulness, um, and also doing our very best to reduce excess stress in our life. So, and take time, you know, do the things that help give you that self-care. It's important to kind of take a, I remember once I was being coached by, um, a coach <laughs> back, uh, it, it was a business coach for me. And it was a really life-changing thing for me. I learned a lot from her. And at the time I was, um, I was coaching myself and then I, my husband and I owned different gyms and, um, yoga studios. And we had all of these employees and many of the employees were, um, also they were taking care of their own clients, but they were also depending on me to help them, their clients with the nutrition plans and all of this stuff. Anyways, it was just like, everything. Plus when you're running like a gym or a business, you know that you wear many hats. So oftentimes I was the one cleaning and making sure, you know, everything was stocked with toilet paper or fresh towels or, you know, all of the things. And so I was doing all this stuff. And I remember this coach said, I want you to make a list of everything that you feel like you have to do in a day. And I was shocked because it was such this long list. Um, and I think part of me was like, yeah, look at me. I, I am so productive. Look at all the stuff I get done every single day. And she decided, she looked at it and she's like, okay, listen, this is going to burn you out and you're not going to see success in your life and you're going to end up feeling horrible. You're going to, it's going to really take its toll on your health. So we're going to divide this list up and we're going to do it in three categories. And one was delegate, one was um, delete. And the other one was do it yourself. Okay. So all the three D's. And so she's like, go through each of these items that you're doing yourself and mark, which ones can we delegate out? Which ones can we just get rid of? And which ones are absolutely necessary for you to do on your own? And it made my list, like it went from a, I'm not kidding. This is embarrassing a little bit, but like a four page typed list to like a more manageable list. And it made the hugest difference for me because um, I didn't realize that like, it was taking such a toll. You know, I was just doing, I just was doing what I thought I had to do, but it's just as it takes a toll girls. We, we do a lot and there's a lot that we can feel proud of for doing that, but at what cost? So if you can try to reduce that excess stress, that's what I'm talking about. And then do really prioritize putting time in your day to really take care of yourself, to put your health first, because health is wealth. It's more important. You can't succeed in business or fam with family or personally or anything if you are not feeling well. Okay, let's move on. Let's go on to how important it is to eliminate inflammation. Inflammation is the root of a lot of disease. Um, if there's inflammation in the body, there's most likely disease. Inflammation can be healing and there's a purpose for it, but I'm saying if it's chronic inflammation. The foods you eat, if you didn't know this, this is kind of a duh, but the foods you eat directly, you know, affect how your body functions, right? <laughs> foods are Food is message. It's like a message to our body. It gives our body like a map basically of what it should be doing. And if you have a poor diet that's full of inflammatory foods, um, which obviously have a very negative impact on our hormones too, um, and also affect everything from our sleeping patterns to just our overall or overall well-being. It's important to just know like eliminating inflammation in your diet is one of the most powerful ways to help ease sudden hormone changes 
from surgery-induced menopause. So, okay, easier said than done. Let me just give you some information on how you can eliminate inflammation by balancing your diet, okay? So when I say try to avoid inflammatory foods, what I'm talking about, the most inflammatory foods that are out there are the added sugars, like we talked about, um, but fried foods, oh, fried foods, no bueno. They do not do well for us. Um, But also things like margarine. I remember I grew up in the day where margarine was kind of touted as healthier than butter, (laughs) okay? Not true, not so. It's totally, actually has plastic and it's terrible for us. Um, But, you know, things like shortening, you know, all of that, if you can avoid that, and that's in a lot of baked goods. It's in a lot of things, actually. So kind of look at that. But also you like your seed oils, your vegetable oils, things like that. I know that it sounds healthy because seeds and vegetables are so healthy for us. But when they're in a oil, it's very unhealthy and very in- inflammatory to us. Also, if you eat too much um, red or processed meat, especially um, red meat is actually really full of great nutrition for us, but you just want to kind of eat it sparingly and you want to try to avoid the processed meat as much as possible and be conscious of where you're sourcing your meat from too. Because whenever we take any kind of food, but especially, you know, animal product food, we are taking in and digesting and utilizing all of everything that that animal has taken in and utilized too. So if that animal is given lots of antibiotics, it's given, you know, it's eating grass that has pesticides all over it, you know, whatever it is, then all of that comes in and has an effect on our health and our hormone health as well. So that's something to be really mindful of if you can. The other thing to really be cautious of um, because it's super inflammatory are any refined carbohydrates. Basically, refined carbohydrates remove any of the um, healthy fiber from carbohydrates. So they're very, um, they spike our blood sugar. They just really kind of, it kind of is when those carbohydrates, carbohydrates, carbohydrates are great, but the more refined they are, the more inflammatory they are. So also it's really important to incorporate plenty of anti-inflammatory foods into our diet, like leafy green vegetables. I love the leafy green vegetables. They're awesome. Fatty fish, um, that's with those omega-3s, um, so great. But like fruit, especially in the summertime, don't you just, I just, all I want to eat is fruit. But things like blueberries, cherries, oranges, strawberries, these are so great. They put a, they like almost put out the fire. They're just so nourishing and cooling to our body. Um, But also good oil. Like I can tell you there's some great oil out there that you can use that's not going to cause inflammation. Olive oil is one of them. It's one of my favorites. Um, And also tomatoes and, you know, and other vegetables and things like that too. So I think you get the idea. It's kind of like, look at the things that nature provides provides for us, <laughs> our fruits, our vegetables, our clean um, meat products. Those things are our body likes. Our body really responds too well. Things that have been packaged and processed and, you know, everything, it's, it, the further it moves away from nature, the less healthy it is for us and the more inflammatory it is. Okay. The other thing I wanted, another tip I wanted to share with you is to consider intuitive fasting. Now, this is kind of controversial because I know that, um, Intermittent fasting is a big thing. It's kind of trendy right now. It's been around forever, but it's trendy right now. There's lots of people that tout it. And you have you have people on one hand that are saying it's the best thing ever, and then you have people on the other hand that are saying it's terrible. Okay, what I like to teach because I I think that there's benefits to it, but I also don't think that it's something for women, especially if you're dealing with hormone imbalance issues, especially if you're dealing with thyroid imbalance issues. 
fasting can be very stressful on your body. And so it's important for you to know what is right for you. We're all bio-individuals. There's not one exercise or diet plan or anything that's like perfect for everybody. You kind of have to experiment. So what I like to teach people is how to use intuitive fasting. So it is important for us to be able to have some time for our body to go without food because during that time, our body has time to break down and utilize the food that's eaten, fully digest it. But then once that food's been digested, then your body can use the energy that it was using to digest and break down food to then go into work and help like detoxify, detoxify the body. And there's all kinds of things like autophagy. That's a term that um, you'll hear a lot when it comes to intermittent fasting because autophagy is a process where you're, you you actually are able to go in, the body's able to go in and kind of destroy like diseased cells. So it's really, it's really beneficial. And it also helps to kind of um, boost human growth, growth hormone, which is like our youth hormone. Um, so there are definitely benefits, but at the same time, I also would say it's not for everybody. Um, personally, I don't, I used to be, I used to do intermittent fasting. I did a 16-8 kind of protocol. And then after I was having some issues with um, thyroid, I moved it to a 12 hour. Um, so 12 and 12. And then that was fine. But then I just decided, you know what? I'm just not even going to time it anymore because I don't need to. I'm just going to learn to listen to my body. And there are some days that I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like eating breakfast until probably 11 a.m., you know, or whatever. So it's totally just a personal thing. If you wake up first thing in the morning and you're starving, go ahead and eat. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Just intuitive fasting. So when you do this coupled with a balanced diet, intuitive fasting is a great way to help balance your hormones and also to help reduce inflammation. Um, also detoxing, you know, that is one of the things that comes from fasting is your body then uses its energy to support that detox, our, our body's own natural detoxification systems. Um, but if you notice that you're struggling to concentrate, maybe you have off the chart, like sugar cravings. Um, a lot of times it happens like after holidays or trips and things like that, where we've just been letting loose and eating whatever we want. Um, Sometimes, you know, if you're noticing that you're suffering from gastrointestinal issues or if you're having like skin breakouts, whether it's acne on your face or it's like rashes and things like that on your skin, um, inflammation on your skin is always telling us what's happening on the inside of the body. These can all be signs that it may be time to do a detox. And there's lots of different detoxes out there. I'm not going to recommend a specific detox on here. I just say go and do your research. But I will say that the ones that I think are most effective are the ones that use food. <laughs> so you're not just starving. It's not like a starvation diet, but it's something that um, you're using really detoxifying foods to help support your body's own natural detoxification systems. And then using modalities, um, things like castor oil packs, and um, I like to do coffee enema, um, things like that. And then I do specific um, herbs and things and different binders. Um, these kinds of things can be super helpful if you're going to go and do a detox. And so if you're noticing that you have any of these symptoms, that's something you can consider. And I just can, I just recommend that you do some research on it and, um, and find something that's safe and not too extreme because anything that's too extreme is going to put you into fight or flight. And you know what that does to your hormone health, right? So as women, it's important for us to do things that make us feel nice and safe, okay? So even a detox should feel safe. Okay, the other thing is, is 
supplement your foods. Okay. You know this. I've talked about it so much. Even if we feel we eat a full balanced diet, it can be so difficult to ensure that our body's getting all the nutrients that it needs to support essential functions. So supplements, you know, that we provide at mixers or any other supplements, they can be really the key to filling in the gaps um, to naturally support our hormones. We've designed Mixers products to be specific for um, the gaps that many women are filling that are are suffering with many symptoms um, that are associated with either periods or perimenopause, menopause, thyroid, um, you know, dysregulation, all of that. So, so we love our products. So go check us out if you aren't familiar with Mixers products. We have a lot of things that um, can really help you to supplement and fill in those gaps. The other thing is, is I, um, you know, I'm I'm careful about saying drink drink caffeinated drinks because that's one of the things that actually can cause inflammation. But if you are going to drink something in the morning, one of the things I say would say is awesome and really healthy for you is to drink matcha. So there's just a lot of studies that really have held matcha um, for its anti-inflammatory properties, huge on anti-inflammatories. There was a study that was published in the journal Molecule, Molecules, and it noted that matcha contains high amounts of substances um, with antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects. And it added that the Japanese green tea may also support the body's efforts to maintain health and also to prevent disease. So there's a lot of positive um you know, benefits that have been reported and studied out there that talk about the benefits of drinking matcha. And so that is something that can definitely help you kind of ease through this transition of surgically induced menopause. It's very anti-inflammatory. Antioxidants are high. Um, there's L-theanine in it, which is so calming to our body and helps to relieve stress. Um, all the things, there's a lot of great benefits to it. So consider that. The other thing that a lot of women don't realize is that protein. As we age, especially as we start getting into our 40s and perimenopause and menopause, it's even more important for us to get more protein. In fact, most of our intake per day should be protein. Um, I recommend for most women, now obviously we're all different sizes and have different muscle mass and all of that, um, but I say aim towards 90 to 100 grams of protein, and that's sometimes hard for women to do, but that is so important. Um, During menopause, what happens is we may have a decreased bone mass density, and um, we can also see decreases in our muscle mass and our strength. It's just like we start muscle wasting. Um, The European Society for Clinical and Economic Aspects of Osteoporosis and Osteoarthritis, or ESCEO, (laughs) recommends that postmenopausal women eat 1.0 to 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. So what you would do, I'm going to give you the little math on that, is you're going to take your your weight in pounds and you're going to divide it by two, and then you're going to times it by either 1.0 or 1.2. And that's going to give you the amount of grams of protein that you should be getting in every single day. Um, but you all, you may get that number and actually need more, um, may need to go above that number to actually feel your best. It's just super important and very helpful for helping to reduce a lot of the, um, unpleasant symptoms and just, you know, to keep our bones and our muscles healthy. Our, our muscles are our longevity organs. So it's so important for us to keep that muscle mass there. And protein is the key for that. So if you struggle to get enough protein through foods you eat, one of the things that I like to do is just because I have a hard time chewing all of my protein. Like I just, 
personally, it's just like, oh, it's tiresome to me, right? So I try to, you know, I try to get protein as real food throughout the day, but I really need to incorporate high quality protein powders and like protein shakes and things like that into my daily diet. I like to use collagen. You know, I like to use plant-based protein. I don't do so well with whey protein. Um, I just, the dairy from whey and casein just doesn't really sit well for me. And I know a lot of women that deal with hormone imbalance don't do well with it either. So if you can find a high quality protein powder and then mix it into your daily green smoothie, it's really a delicious and really effortless way to increase your daily intake. And it helps me be able to get the amount of um, protein grams that I'm looking to get every single day. Okay. The other important nutrient that you should be getting that can really help. It's just, I I think I talk about this a lot. I hope you guys aren't sick of hearing it, but here we go. We're going to talk about it because it's just good to know that this is an, an incredible mineral that all of us need more of most likely, and that's magnesium. Magnesium is essential to ensuring that our heart and our muscles and our nerves and all these other parts of our body are functioning smoothly. And when we don't have enough magnesium, what can happen is that it can it can contribute to osteoporosis, which is a really common concern, especially during menopause. So ensuring that you get enough magnesium can help support strong and healthy bones, and it can support so many other body functions during this change that you may be going through. It's also essential for hormone conversion and detoxification, as well as lessening those feelings of stress that are often very associated with this um, stage of life. And then I also just, I just recommend magnesium. Honestly, I I recommend magnesium for all women, no matter where you're at, what age you're at, (laughs) what stage you're at, any of that. The other thing is, that's really important is you want to focus on getting enough B vitamins. Okay. So they're often referred to as stress vitamins because B vitamins aid your body in managing stress. And you can tell that stress is like the big player here, right? For all of the symptoms that are associated with menopause or surgically induced menopause. So if you're lacking in B vitamins during menopause, what you're going to notice that you may is that you may have heightened irritability. You might be extra terrible to be around, right? Um, you might not even enjoy your own company. The other thing is is that you are going to notice that you have and you have trouble concentrating. I know we we call this a lot of times like mom brain or menopause brain or whatever because this is often a, a problem, and it's a lot of times it's because we are lacking in our B vitamins, and sometimes you may feel like that anxious feeling. And this could go for anybody, not even those that are, you know, maybe those of you that aren't in menopause. If you have anxious feelings, you may want to look and see if you are getting enough of those B vitamins um, because B vitamins support your adrenal glands, which you know is where we we produce a lot of our sex hormones as well as our stress hormones. Um, but they're over, they also help to just produce hormone production. I mean, they help support hormone production overall, but they are very much involved in um keeping our nervous system and our liver healthy and so much more. So it's crucial to ensure that you're getting enough. So if you're taking a multivitamin with B vitamins, you may think you're totally covered by that. Um, It's definitely better than nothing. And it's like I said, supplements are there to supplement actual real food, but many supplements out there um, will have like a B complex, for instance. But this is the thing is that so many women In fact, 40% of the population of men and women have a gene mutation called the MTHFR gene mutation. And what it does is it actually um, prevents your liver from being able to properly methylate B vitamins. So I'm teaching you that because when you are looking at supplements, I want you to look for methylated B 
vitamins, okay? So if you can find activated or methylated, sometimes those are the words you're going to see, B-complex vitamins, then that's super helpful for you. And it's essential really, especially if you're feeling irritable or you're feeling fatigued or you're just feeling on edge all the time. Um, obviously I'm a big fan of her multi. <laughs> I created it. I formulated it. I wanted to make sure it had the methylated, um, B vitamins in there and also provided you with the nutrients that your body really, really needs. And in the amounts that is most beneficial and effective for you. Um, it's a great source of methylated B vitamins. So if you haven't tried her multi, that's a great source. Okay. Omega-3s, we've kind of talked about it, but I just wanted to share a small study that um, that I was looking at. And it's what it found was that women who took omega-3 fatty acids um, saw a decrease in the, Montga- the Montgomery Asperg depression rating scale. Um, and that scale basically just rates the severity of depression. Um, and it actually decreased the rate of sec- or the the rate of severity of depression by 50%. So plus participants who took the supplement of omega-3s saw a reduction in the number of hot flashes compared to those who didn't take a supplement. So if you're getting those hot flashes, you got to up your omega-3 fatty acids, okay? Make sure that you are eating the foods that have it and also supplementing. Okay, the other thing is vitamin D. There's lots of studies that have shown the importance of sufficient vitamin D, um, especially for women who are in menopause. Um, And especially related to what it does is it specifically helps to prevent bone loss. And research indicates that this vitamin, actually it's a hormone, but vitamin D may also ease the risk of cardiovascular, um, also metabolic, cognitive, and also affective disorders. So there's a lot that vitamin D does. So if you are in surgically induced menopause or in menopause, you want to make sure that you're getting ample amounts of vitamin D. Now, if you're out in the sunshine, your body knows how to take the sunlight and convert it into vitamin D in our body. But even with you know summertime and us being outside more, most of us are still deficient. So I always recommend supplementing with more vitamin D. And we do have vitamin D in Mixer's products. Okay, the other thing to help eliminate symptoms of menopause as you adjust to your new normal, like you know, get through it without the hot flashes, the mood swings, Oh, lower libido, the changes in sleep, you know, these are all kind of things that are really common. Um, they're really just a few of the ch- the many changes that you're going to experience, um, especially from surgery-induced menopause. Um, there's a lot of ways, though, that we can help address these symptoms. So let's talk about these symptoms real quick. Um, hot flashes. I think that's the number one complaint. I think women just are like, what is this? And it's such a, it's sometimes doesn't happen at the most convenient times and it's just really uncomfortable. Okay. So if you're having hot flashes, what you really want to be um, paying attention to are your insulin levels. Um, also, you want to really pay attention to reducing stress and again, eliminating those inflammatory and carb heavy foods from your diet. Um, so use supplements to support your health. And you know, another thing that I really like to do is I like to use essential oils, especially kind of the mints and the, you know, things like that that are cooling um, because they're they're nice to put on if you are experiencing a hot flash. They can really cool you down during an episode and um, they're all just really helpful, you know, solutions to help deal with those. Okay, the other thing is mood swings. That's another big um, symptom that a lot of women suffer with because as you age, you know, what happens is that your protective hormones decline. So all of your hormones are declining, but the protective hormones are declining. And with surgery-induced menopause, 
this process then is jump started and your your levels change just drastically, just suddenly. And it's it makes um so making foundational changes to balance your stress and to redefine your menopause journey are really key to helping balance your mood. And when I say redefine, sometimes I think I have to, I have to do it personally too because I think we've been told the story for so long that menopause is miserable and it doesn't have to be. So if we can redefine what our menopause journey is going to be whether we're, you know, ahead of it or behind it, um let's change that let's change that thinking too and that can really help with our mood swings. Um declining hormones can really affect your body. You know, that's a huge thing. It's not something that you're imagining. It really has a big effect. And mindfulness is key to taking power over your life and it can help you in times when you feel like you're not yourself at all. It's just it's just amazing how much if you can practice mindfulness, it's like a muscle. The more you practice mindfulness, the stronger that muscle is going to be and the better able it's going to be to be able to, for you to be able to just kick in and help that mindfulness help you help support you through the times when you're just, you know, you're filling off. Okay. The other big, you know, complaint and frustration is the stubborn weight that can kind of happen when you go through menopause. And so, you know, basically hormone imbalances, that's what it's all about. The hormone imbalance is the main driver of um, affecting your mood. And it also is a main driver for affecting your weight. Um, You know, and it's no fun when you start feeling those jeans get tighter. It's just really frustrating. So, it's important to support your hormones through menopause and before. If you girls are ahead of menopause, start now, okay? Start supporting your hormones. And her time, that's what it's designed to do. It's there to help you give your body the nutritional therapy that it needs in order to um, support healthy, optimal hormone balance. And if you can use her time as a supplement and you can implement some of the things that I've also mentioned in this episode— then you're really setting yourself up for success. But let's say you're going through menopause or you just had surgery that induced menopause. Start now too. It's okay. It's just really important that you do everything you can to support those hormones as much as possible. Okay, let's go through a couple more. I won't. I don't want to keep you guys on here too long, but I know a lot of you guys complain about low libido. Okay, you're not alone if you feel like your sex drive suddenly just plummets, um, especially following surgery-induced menopause or after having a hysterectomy. Um, some simple additions to your daily routine. Things like yoga, honestly, can help a ton. It strengthens you. It helps to build muscle mass. It helps to reduce stress. It kind of makes you feel more in touch and in tune with your body. Um, but also Her Love, okay? Her Love is our product at Mixers that um, we've designed specifically for you girls, okay? To help you be able to revamp your sex drive and to enjoy sex again. Um, so it's comfortable, it's enjoyable, all of the things. Okay, sleep disruption. Oh, I hate this one. This is the worst, I feel like. Um, maybe hot flashes. I don't know. None of it's fun, but we're going to reframe. Remember, I'm going to try my best. I'm working on it too. Um, but let's talk about sleep disruption. If you find that you're you're all of a sudden just unable to get a restful night's sleep, and maybe you're suffering from night sweats ugh, or feeling foggy and cranky and tired during the day, um, it's not abnormal, right? But it's common, right? It's something that happens to a lot of us. Many women suffer from sleep disruption during peri- or during perimenopause and menopause. Um, luckily, though, if we can know what the root causes of sleep issues are, especially during menopause, we can address them and we can be well on our way to restful night's sleep. So 
I feel like you everybody needs sleep. It's so important that we all get abundant sleep and so that we can feel full of energy and we can focus and we can feel like our happiest, healthiest, balanced self. Um, and so that's why we created Her Nightly. Her Nightly is there to help give you that little bit of extra support. It has just enough melatonin to help you ease into sleep. It has chamomile, which is so relaxing for our body, and it's actually cooling for our body as well. And it has that beautiful aptogenic herb that I mentioned before, ashwagandha, that's also so great at relieving stress and helping to relieve menopausal symptoms. It also has um, biotin and collagen, which, you know, if you're going through um, surgery-induced menopause or just menopause itself, um, during this phase, once these hormones drop, then we do become a little bit more prone to hair loss, to getting wrinkles, to, um, you know, having joint issues and muscle mass loss and all of that. So we might as well get, you know, those ingredients in there while we're sleeping as well. So my biggest message to all of you ladies is that we don't need to let surgery-induced menopause take power over our lives, right? It's It can be very stressful. I get it. It can be so stressful at first, but with some natural adjustments and with nutritional support to your diet and um, to your daily habits, we really can be well on our way to restoring hormone balance and being the happiest version of ourselves no matter what age or what stage of life we're in. So I hope this episode was super helpful. I know that it may seem like it's for a specific age group, but I feel like if I had known these things as a 20-year-old, I feel like I could have started a lot sooner. Luckily, I know these things now. (laughs) And I feel like I'm setting myself up for success. I'm actually, you know, looking forward to the transition. I feel like it's going to be an amazing time of life. And I feel like I'm going to come into a new power and I'm going to be able to learn so much. Um, And obviously I will take you along for the journey, whether you want to or not. No, it's fine. But thank you girls again for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to our podcast every single week. We've got an incredible audience and I've been loving, you know, listening to the um, speak pipe messages that you're sending in. I don't know if you knew about that, but in the show notes, if you wanted to leave us a message, you don't have to always write it. You can actually speak it. So we'd love to hear those voice messages. We also love it when you guys leave a rating or review. Thank you so much. You guys are so kind. And it helps us so much as a podcast to be able to grow and to be able to become searchable and findable um, for other listeners out there, these women out there that need to learn some of these things and have be part of this conversation. It also helps us to be able to get amazing guests. I'm always looking for the, the top experts out there that can help to um, provide the education that we all are looking for. So I love that. So please, if you haven't yet, please, or if you have, you can, again, go give us a rating, give us a review, tell us what you've loved learning on the It's Her Time podcast show. And another thing that really helps is when you share these episodes with the girls that you love, the girls that are in your life, because sharing is caring. And we love it when you guys do that. So thank you again. We love, love being here and we love you all. Thanks for being a big part of the It's Her Time podcast. Until next week, Have a very healthy and happy week. And I will be back again on Tuesday. Bye.